First off, I want to thank Dale for preaching a good message uh, last week while I was away. I really liked uh, the parable he spoke of at the very end about the twins in the womb. One was excited about the life to come, and the other was not. And it points to the theme of what we've been talking about and focusing on of becoming ever more excited about our life to come in heaven. And if you weren't here last week, you can listen to Dale's message on our church podcast or through our Facebook page. I just wanted you all to know uh, that we have those ways to listen in even when we're away from church. We want to make that available to everyone. It was a good message he gave. Now today, we're going to be talking about uh, what is going on in heaven right now. But before we jump into that, that's kind of, or was supposed to be the main topic for the day, but this might be two sermons in one, so hopefully I can talk really fast like I normally do, so maybe, maybe even quicker. Before I get into that, I want to restate some foundational truths about heaven and then explain uh, a question that has kind of come up and emerged along the way among some of our members that have come and talked to me. So in my, we'll try to cover all this. In my first sermon, I explained that there was not one heaven, but there are two heavens. There is the heaven that exists right now, the present heaven, where God the angels, and departed believers in Jesus live. That's where they live. That's where they dwell right now, the present heaven. But then I talked about how there is a future heaven, a a different kind of uh, dispensation in the future of what heaven will become. There is a future heaven when God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit will bring heaven down to earth, making all things new forevermore. We have talked about God's amazing plan to bring heaven and earth together, and it's amazing for us to think about. So the future heaven is the same thing as the new earth that we've been discussing. Future heaven, it'll be here, be the new earth that we will live in a a resurrected earth with our resurrected bodies that Dale talked about last week. All right, so the the two heavens that I've been mainly talking about are separate entities. So I mean, they, they do not exist at the same time. The two heavens represent two epochs of time in the grand story that God is writing. The reason I'm clarifying this again is because I've heard uh, several people now come to me and say, you know, Andy, you've been talking about two heavens. But I've heard there are three heavens. (laughs) I hope we can get this straight today. I'm going to do my best, okay? There might be some questions afterwards, but they're saying, well, I thought there were three heavens. I'm like, okay. So I knew along the way we'd have to kind of cover this. They get this from uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2 where, we have that up here, where the Apostle Paul says, 
I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So we hear about the third heaven. And our logic tells us if there's a third, whenever you're counting up, usually one and two come before three, so that there's a first and a second heaven, and we need to understand, well, how does that all come together? And, and we've also heard in the past from uh, other groups like the Mormons, others, they tend to focus a lot on uh, three heavens. And we won't get into all that today for sure, but so people are wondering, I thought there were three. We've heard about this. So there are a variety of views on the three, he- the three heavens, but in my study so far, uh, here's where I stand on it. Okay, so in Genesis, we hear that God created the heavens and the earth. Did you hear that? He created the heavens. It's right there in Genesis chapter 1. And then it's repeated, I don't have all these scriptures, then it's repeated throughout the scriptures about the heavens, plural. And in the original biblical languages of Hebrew and Greek, often the word for heaven is synonymous with the air, the air, or the expanse of sky above the earth. So we already have it up here. I see you've got the picture that I want everyone to, to be looking at a little bit while I explain this. Okay. Up there on the left, you see the first heaven. Again, if you think of the biblical words for heaven having some nuance to them and also looking at sky or expanse of space, okay, this is going to start to make sense, hopefully. The first heaven as I believe it now, as I take it in looking at the Bible, the first heaven is our immediate atmosphere. This is where the clouds are. This is where birds and airplanes fly. This is a completely visible heaven. Then the second heaven is above our atmosphere, considered outer space, where the sun, the moon, and the stars live. And what, what we hear, the many, many galaxies that are beyond our galaxy, seemingly to go on and on. And so this constitutes a heaven that is both visible and invisible when we look at outer space, this great expanse that God has created beyond us. Lastly, we get to the third heaven. The Bible tells us here is the home of God, also called paradise. And that last slide in 2 Corinthians 12, later in verse 4, it went on to say, caught up to paradise. So we learn the third heaven is paradise, the primary dwelling place of God, the angels, and the departed believers in Jesus Christ. They are there. Now this, we're at first heaven visible, second heaven visible, Partly visible and partly invisible. Third heaven, where God is, completely invisible. The great beyond of God's heaven. Uh, The scripture also, in certain places, says this is the heaven of heavens. I like that. The heaven of heavens. So hopefully this starts to clarify things just a little bit. 
the, so the third heaven, which I've been kind of, we've been looking at along the way, it would be the same as the present heaven that we've been speaking about, okay? The present heaven now would be the third heaven. And then at some point, like we said, on God's watch, when God declares it to be, when Jesus returns, when everything is made right, when he brings heaven down to earth, I mean, the third heaven will come down to be in the visible realm of the earth. And that's why we'll call it the new earth. Because everything, it's going to be awesome. Everything will be completely transformed. No more sin. No more evil, no more violence, no more abuse, no more pain, no more tears, no more death. All right, so now moving on. I guess that's kind of sermon number one. So I want us now to dive into what is going on in heaven right now, which again is the present heaven or the third heaven. What is going on in heaven right now? Okay, let's go to that. Let's go forward. So in heaven, God is on the throne, ruling with justice, seeing all on the earth, and strengthening hearts. Now, as we go through some of these points today, because there's a lot, I want you to look up some of these scriptures on your own. I'm not going to go through all of them, the ones that are listed with each point today. But I I would like to read Psalm 11, verse 4. It says, The Lord is is in His holy temple. The Lord is on His heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. And then we hear in 2 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Chronicles 16, about how the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen the hearts of those that are committed to him. So he wants to strengthen our hearts in faith and, and, and being a part of his family. So, and the Father is not only in heaven, even though that's where we learn the primary manifestation of his glory that we will see when we breathe our last breath, that we will see him, okay, and then when he comes down to earth, but not only is heaven is the primary uh, place of his dwelling, we learn from the scriptures that his presence pervades the entire universe and our entire world. We call this his omnipresence. And he is everywhere at once. This is a mystery to us, but the Bible proclaims it. He's everywhere at once. And through his son Jesus and through his Holy Spirit, He is always at work in the universe, always at work in our world, always at work in each and every person, bringing us closer to himself and making us what we are supposed to become. So that's what's happening with God. Now, right now, people in heaven, people in heaven are, as the first point here, enjoying paradise, the paradise that Jesus has prepared for them. We hear in John 14 about that paradise. Jesus says, I'm going to go and prepare this place for you, and I will bring you to this place, this glorious place. In Luke 23, and we don't have these specific verses written out, but in Luke 23, we hear the amazing truth that 
of Jesus promising eternal paradise to the one criminal beside him on the cross. We know the other criminal chose not to believe. The other one chose to believe. He made the right choice. And Jesus said to him, Today, today you will be with me in paradise. And so this shows Jesus' immense mercy and love to anyone and everyone who at any time, no matter what they've done, no matter what their background, at any time, anyone can trust in him. And when anyone does that, whether it's in the 11th hour, like that criminal on the cross, or as a child at vacation Bible school or Sunday school, whenever we do that, we just turn to Jesus, we realize we can't do it. We can't jump high enough to get to heaven. Can't be done. Only the one who has come from heaven can bring us into heaven. Whenever we turn our life to him, to Jesus, then we are saved, then we are forgiven, and then we will have heaven as our home. That's great news. That's really good news. Also, people in heaven are giving God worship, recognizing his reign and salvation. See, in heaven right now, God's reign and his rule are fully accepted and obeyed. On earth, however, people have the choice to not accept or to deny his rule in their lives. And we see it all the time. And a lot of us in this room sometimes struggle with that. It's not just children who, who struggle with, with disobedience. We all do at different times. So in heaven, God's rule is unquestioned and uncontested. Even though right now on the earth, his rule is questioned and contested. So in heaven, see, the big difference is heaven's inhabitants know who's in charge. They know who is in control. And now being in heaven, they fully trust, fully trust and fully know that God is perfectly good and perfectly loves them, even though they might have questioned it at times. Sometimes we struggle with doubt on the earth. But in heaven, the inhabitants know how good God is. And so they willingly give that worship and they recognize Jesus' salvation that brought them into heaven. Next, people in heaven are rejoicing for every person that becomes saved here on earth. In Luke 15, Jesus tells us that everyone in heaven rejoices whenever someone repents and places their faith, and places their life into God's hands. He sees, now that they are in heaven, they have no doubt, like we just said before, they have no doubt now about God's unending love. And they, up there in heaven, they want us to experience that same thing as well. See, they want God's family to get bigger. Those who are already in heaven, they're like, this is really good. We want as many other people to come in to be a part of God's family. So they are looking forward 
to each of us and many others that they know here on earth of turning to Jesus, being fully forgiven, and then for them to know that they are on their way. We are on our way to heaven to be with them. They rejoice in that, knowing we are on our way. Lastly, people in heaven are aware of what is happening on earth and praying for us. Many people wonder about this. And I think that in Revelation 6, verse 10, and Hebrews 12, verse 1, point to the fact that the people of heaven are aware of what's going on down here. I'm not saying that they're aware of everything. For those that have gone to heaven are not all-powerful, and they're not all-knowing, and they're not ever-present like God is. But by God's grace, at different times, are able to look down, able to see what is going on here on earth. And of course, even though they're departed for a time before we see them again, we know they deeply care for us. And I would submit even pray for us. Now, prayer is talking to God. So meaning in heaven, they have an audience with God. So whenever they talk to God, on our behalf, they're praying for us, saying, Lord, help my family member, help my friend. When they talk to the Lord, they're praying for us here on earth. And in Hebrews 12, we hear that those in heaven are a part of the great cloud of witnesses that are all around us, that are looking down, cheering us on, and encouraging us to stay committed to Christ. The scriptures talk about the race of life and not stopping. Keep going on this race of life. Keep going to the very end. And those in the great cloud of witnesses are cheering us on. They say, keep going. God is good. It's all going to work out. Keep trusting in him. And on this topic of our connection between heaven and earth, with those that have gone before us, our loved ones, this connection. People, I know, wonder a lot about this. So next Sunday, I want to develop this a little bit more completely of what is our connection like with our departed loved ones in heaven? Meaning, how should we relate to them now? And how do they relate to us? So I look forward to that next Sunday. As we get ready for Holy Communion together, let's bow and pray. Lord, we care very much about our connection with our loved ones in heaven. We look forward to learning more about that as you teach us. But help us to know right now that our greatest connection comes through you. The one who made our loved ones, the one who made us, the one who made our world, the one who made this universe. And Lord, in the beginning, the one who made everything good for us to dwell with you and each other in peace and harmony and tranquility. And even after we sinned, you came to bring us back. You came down to save us through your sacrifice upon the cross and your resurrection from the dead, making a way possible for all things to become new and for us to be in heaven with you. And now help us through your Holy Spirit, Lord, through communion, to be strengthened in our courage 
and our commitment to you. Help us to keep going on this race, to keep to stay strong. As we remember our brother John Huss many, many years ago, how he stayed firm and committed to the end. We take after his, his example and the example of many other brothers and sisters, many family members that stayed committed to you to the end. They are examples to us, the great cloud of witnesses. We join in with them in giving you our worship and in having communion through you, Jesus, Lord, receiving your body and your blood, meaning receiving your life, the life that is now and the life that will never end. Pray this in your name. Amen.